0: They don't have to reinvent everything. There are people out there that have already moved along that pathway. And what we try to do uh, on a regular basis is connect people who are learning with people who are experienced.
1: Hello again, this is episode 165 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. This is Lisa Gonzalez. Next Century Cities, a coalition of over 100 local governments across the U.S., seeks to share information and resources so they can improve connectivity within their communities. The organization, led by Deb Sosha as Executive Director and our own Chris Mitchell as Policy Director, recently released a policy agenda titled Connecting 21st Century Communities A Policy Agenda for Broadband Stakeholders. The document is filled with recommendations for local, state, and federal government, as well as philanthropic and community organizations. This week, I interview Chris and Deb about the document and why they chose to publish it, and we focus on some specific elements of policy agenda. You can download the document at nextcenturycities.org resources. It's worth adding to your library. Check it out. Now here are Deb, Chris, and I discussing Next Century City's new policy agenda. Welcome again to the Community Broadband Bits podcast. This is Lisa. I've managed to wrangle a microphone away from Chris. Um, today, he's going to be one of the interviewees. We are going to be talking with Deb Sosha, Executive Director of Next Century Cities. And since Chris is Policy Director of Next Century Cities, one of his many hats, he is also going to be answering some questions. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, their July publication, Connecting 21st Century Communities a Policy Agenda for Broadband Stakeholders. Welcome, Deb.
0: Thank you. Nice to be here. Hey,
1: Chris. Hello. So, Deb, it's been about a year since we last spoke with you, and at that time was when you and Chris were talking as Next Century Cities was being launched in Santa Monica, and the organization has grown quite a bit since then. So, can you want to just give us a quick little update on what's happened in the past 10 months or so? Sure. Well,
0: when we last spoke, we had 32 cities, as members. Uh, we now have 107, and it's been less than a year. And so what we're discovering is that there's a lot more of a need for this type of opportunity for cities than we imagine there would be. We always thought there'd be a need, but it's more significant than we thought. And we have cities calling us every day saying, can you help us? Can you help us? Uh, and sometimes it's citizens that call. So we're definitely getting some attention for the work that we're doing, and we're using that opportunity to spread the
2: word. And I would add in that uh, some of the attention we got is from some pretty high levels. Uh, I think Deb's a a bit modest in terms of not just coming right out and saying that uh, President Obama himself uh, mentioned next-century cities when talking about broadband back in January when he talked about uh, broadband in Cedar Falls, Iowa. He
0: did.
1: All this interest, is this the reason for this new uh, policy agenda
0: I think we actually always plan to do this. I think that it's really good timing for us because it's very helpful to our cities. And I'm going to let Chris talk a bit about uh, the origin.
2: You know, one of the the questions we often get from people is, what can we do? And we try to tackle that in a number of ways. One is by looking at what different levels of government could do, uh, the local level, uh, most often cities, but also counties. Um, What can the state level do? And what can the federal government do? Uh, But we didn't stop there. Then we also looked at what philanthropy can do, uh, recognizing, of course, that Lisa, you, me, uh, Next Century Cities, a lot of the organizations that have been uh, key to moving uh, broadband policy forward are funded by philanthropic organizations, uh, big foundations, uh, and others. Um, So we looked at things that that the philanthropies can do. And then we also looked at what uh, communities could do in terms of, you know, maybe you're not the mayor, but you can do something still in your community if you organize people around it. And so uh, we tried to make sure we reached beyond just traditional government levers and and offered suggestions for how just about anyone can plug in to try and make a difference in, in improving internet access.
1: Let's go back a little bit to you're talking about uh, some things that local government can do. In the report, you referred to particular um, municipal codes, any particular recommendations that you felt really stood out, maybe something that a lot of places just don't think to implement um, that you feel are very strong recommendations.
0: I get calls almost every day, including today from people who say, what should be my first step? What should I be thinking about? And really the, One of the first things I ask is, do you have a big once or a joint use policy? And in the past week, I have spoken with two different cities and towns where folks didn't know what that was, right? Mm -hmm. It's an important part of this process. And so we want to give everybody those resources and those opportunities and best practices because no matter what choice you make moving forward, whether you're going to work with an incumbent, build your own, have a public-private partnership, a big once policy is a good decision. And so I would say that's the one that I find probably the best early first step that cities can be making because it it will help you in no matter what approach you choose.
2: Yeah, I, I tend to favor that one as well. Um, I, I think it's also worth noting as a reminder for people that Next Century Cities is a, is a group of cities that is pretty comprehensive from small cities to large cities, from, uh, cities that have built their own networks to cities that have partnered, uh, with entities like Google. Um, and so trying to come up with suggestions that would fit, each type of city was uh, was a bit of a challenge, although I think we we did find those, um, you know, something that cities can do that benefits uh, the private sector, um, whether that's uh, the big companies or or small independent providers that are trying to find ways of of competing in the, in the modern era. Uh, is to make sure that the local government is efficient when it comes down to permitting and rights of way access and that sort of thing and I think you know we are still trying to come up with really great, uh, models for what that looks like uh, but I think you know, a city doesn't necessarily need to have the exact final policy it's going to embrace uh, I think if they start looking and iteratively trying to improve on their existing policies um, that's probably a good step but but just making sure that that, that those who would want to invest don't have a big headache um, it, it's good you know, I, I'll say that just the, the caveat is not every community has a private provider that's willing to invest but where there are some we want to make it easy on them.
0: You know, we're just trying to find the easiest pathway to support our cities and they don't have to reinvent everything. There are people out there that have already moved along that pathway. And what we try to do uh, on a regular basis is connect people who are learning with people who are experienced. Cities that are experienced, we find are really happy to help.
1: And that was one of the things that I like about this particular paper is that it's short on explanation and long on examples. And I think that's um, really helpful to the communities that pick it up and look at it. For every particular type of suggestion and recommendation, there's some sort of example, some sort of community that whoever it is that's using the agenda can say, hey, look, we can get in touch with these people and find out how they
2: did it. That's something that, that Deb has really emphasized in a variety of ways. But, you know, when when Deb became the executive director for Next Century Cities, Next century cities was going to be shaped by the executive director and i think deb really has focused on making sure that that cities have a real um you know real uh, ally in terms of being able to find out answers not just sort of generic thoughts about something but actually saying i can connect you with the right person or the you know the right city to make sure that that you can get the answer you need
1: I noticed also in the report when we move on to state level recommendations there's a little bit more about coalitions and partnerships was there a reason why you chose uh, to put in the state section um a lot of recommendations about partnerships and working with other organizations
2: in general when we were shaping the state section i think you'll see uh, a philosophy that, that mayors are really the best leaders in this area. And so a lot of the state policies that we were encouraging were ones where the state would be getting out of the way and making sure that that it was not impeding progress uh, when communities choose to step up. Beyond that, I think we we're looking at le- the ways in which states can try to use their their sort of large geographic area and the fact that um, they're a bit removed from the ground level to focus on solutions like making sure that if a community builds a great network, it can get out of its town. And uh, to the larger network, um, and then when it came to other areas that we've seen states often doing, such as convening task forces, we've tried to offer some constructive criticism and uh, in terms of uh, I believe mapping as well, that may have been more at the state, the federal level in terms of data collection but but for some of these things, we know that that these uh, these things were already being tried, and we wanted to offer just a little bit of advice for how to you know improve on an existing policy that may already be there.
0: And we We also mentioned the idea of like Kentucky building out a middle mile um and the the opportunity for investment in helping the cities and the more rural communities get get that middle mile access so they can work on figuring out last mile
2: right there's there's some states like Connecticut that are um where the state is actively helping cities to form together in these partnerships and and I think that's really helpful as a convener uh, but fundamentally, I think Um, you know, being next century cities, we're most excited about the leadership that mayors can put forth and city councils can put forth and even county commissioners. Um, And so that's really the document really springs from from those sorts of um, goals and and excitement.
1: Didn't see a whole lot uh, in this document about funding. Um, Is that just because it's such a huge topic? It's just too much? for this particular agenda? Or is it because it's, you know, such a um, individualized um, community to community issue? Or um, why is there not more in here?
2: I think in some ways, as I was was thinking about this and as we discussed it, you know, that at a certain point funding is always gonna be helpful, but it's kind of a default ask. And it's also in some cases a very hard ask for states that are struggling. Um, so you know, we mentioned some of the states that are, that are funding. For instance, uh, Massachusetts put a lot of money into Middle Mile. Uh, Minnesota put a little bit of money into expanding rural access. So we cite those as examples. Um, but fundamentally, I think we also wanted this to be a very realistic document and saying to states you should put $500 million in as, as New York is doing. Um, well, that's not something a lot of states can do right now.
0: You know, there'll always be the need for funding, and I think part of what we're hoping to help people think about is how do you creatively find those opportunities, in addition mm-hmm. to anything we can expect and hope for from state or federal government. what other opportunities are available, so we aren't waiting for that as, our, uh, as the doorway into making change.
1: Deb, talk to me a little bit also about the section on community and also the section on philanthropy, or choose one and let Chris handle the other. I don't think I've seen too many documents that deal with philanthropy, especially in a, a policy agenda document.
0: We really felt like we wanted to think across all sectors, right? Who else is available to participate? Who else do we want in this conversation? Who else can help in this effort. And we know that philanthropy plays a big role. Quite honestly, without the support of philanthropy, neither your organization nor Next Century Cities would be able to provide the kind of work that we have been, the support we've been able to give to cities. So uh, we felt like that was really important. But they also have a role to play in elevating the conversation and hopefully helping, helping with some of the research that we feel really needs to be here in order to help us make the case. Um, so I, I think that there's great value in thinking about philanthropy as a, as having a role here.
2: There's one other piece of philanthropy that I think is important, and and I would echo the call of the past Ford Foundation president, uh, which unfortunately did not resonate as strongly. As I think many of us would have hoped, and that was that we need to see more engagement from philanthropy on uh, internet access related issues. You know, philanthropies care a lot about improving educational outcomes. They care about creating jobs and 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 having a high quality of life and all those sorts of things. Um, but even though you know our work has been supported by by a, a, a few large philanthropies, um, there's many others that should be supporting. Well, not just us, but the similar organizations and also pushing their grantees to have, a, I think, a wider view of things of how making sure everyone has high quality Internet access will result in an improvement on all the issues that those foundations care about. So I think that's a point we wanted to make is, is not just that philanthropy should do this, but to some extent, you know, some philanthropy, uh, some of the foundations don't yet understand the importance of the Internet.
1: In terms of community, Deborah, tell us a little bit about why you chose that section. I, I guess it's sort of self-explanatory. You know, the community needs to be involved and, and, and needs to have a voice, and often they drive this sort of uh, initiative. But um, explain more about why it's in this particular policy agenda.
0: I would say for every city that reaches out, city or town that reaches out, there's at least a dozen citizens that reach out. To us, and that in general, they're saying I have terrible service, and I don't know what to do. And so, I think they not only need a voice, but they want a voice, and they want to mm-hmm. get engaged. And so, you know, I, I spoke with folks at Charlotte Heart's Gigabit. You know, Alan, Alan's doing a great job of in, encouraging the business and citizens in the community of Charlotte to really advocate for this. And they can both provide support and a little nudge for the mm-hmm. government to move it forward. And uh, they have actually spoken with a lot of these citizens who've contacted Next Century cities, including a young man named Richard from Henry County in Georgia, who has this amazing campaign now going for, for better access in, in his community. And I think that that uh, has great value in addition to having, uh, when, when a city's thinking of moving forward, having community members tell them what their needs are. I think that's the impetus we should be looking at when we're making decisions about what to do as a city. How do we meet the needs of our citizens and our businesses? And so we need to hear that voice. And I know that our our communities want to have that voice.
1: Great. So was Richard in reaction to this particular document or was that uh, something that um, came up before or tell me?
0: It was actually somewhat simultaneous. Um, mm-hmm. but we, you know, we had put Charlotte Hart's gigabit into our policy documents and I shared that information with Richard and he immediately went and spoke before his city councilors counselor, and has been on television and created a citizens petition to advocate for better access for his neighborhood. That has a lot of value.
1: Absolutely. So what about reactions to this particular report? Have you had any reactions from any groups or communities?
0: Certainly folks have contacted us and said we read the report and we really appreciate the concrete steps and what can we do to participate. And so it, it has had that kind of value. And I, I think, you know, in a lot of ways it has also caught the attention of some folks at the federal level and resulted in uh, our being asked to testify before a House subcommittee On the issues that we see and the recommendations that we had for state and federal lawmaking. Yeah,
2: and I can add on to that by noting that I've had, in more than one instance, people send it to me and say, This is really great stuff. You should really know what this group is doing, (laughs) uh, which I take as a compliment. Right. Absolutely. It
0: certainly is. I was going to say, and I agree with you, I think that it's not too dense for folks to use well. It's very concrete and it's full of examples. And I think there's great value in that as opposed to a longer, very in-depth explanation that sometimes is just overwhelming.
1: Agreed. It's easier to share, um, especially when you're trying to share it with busy people, Um, you know, legislators or um, legislative staff or people at the city council level, people who just are inundated with With documents, and you know, this is something that they can easily flip through and find specific information that they're looking for. Uh, I agree totally with that. Now, I think there's a, isn't there an event coming up that Next Century Cities is co hosting with um, NTIA?
0: Yes, we are going to work with the NTIA on a digital New England event. Uh, It is an event for regional broadband leaders, and we're bringing together folks from all over New England, uh, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York, Vermont, uh, New Hampshire, Maine, and we're going to locate it in Portland. It will be on the 28th of September, and there's information on our website. And I, I will say Portland in September is beautiful, so we hope folks will be interested and want to participate.
2: Right, and that's Portland, Maine, just for people who um, <laughs> you know, may not have the geography down in their heads.
1: Great. So is there anything else that we should talk about um, regarding this document or Next Century Cities? What's the next report coming out of Next Century Cities? Well, that's,
2: that's top secret. <laughs> um but but I, I think there is something important to to note and and that's that um, communities, you know, people um, you know, may want to know how they can join. And, uh, you know, if a mayor or a city council or city manager wants to, to talk with us, they can reach out. And uh, there's a very easy process. Uh, you want to agree with the six principles that we've all agreed to. and uh, But uh, membership is open to those cities who have either built networks or they want to uh, have better access or they're partnering or whatever. It's very open. We do
0: have another event this fall. Uh, September 17th, we are partnering with broadband communities on an event to discuss financing next generation broadband, which is one of the issues that so many of our cities struggle to resolve. To
2: Yes, and that's, that's part of um, this great series of, um, of, of fall conferences that deal with economic development and uh, municipal broadband, although that's generally construed fairly liberally. So if you come and spend a day doing that, uh, you know, make sure you spend uh, the afternoon of the next day there as well. Plan on staying a little bit longer for the Next Century Cities panels because there's some really great people coming in, and I think we're going to have a really good time.
1: Great. Well, thank you, Deb. Thank you. We appreciate you coming and talking to us. Chris, thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast at You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Community Nets. If you use Facebook, search for Community Broadband Networks. Once again, we want to thank BKFM B-Side for their song, Raise Your Hands, licensed through Creative Commons. And thank you for listening.